0: Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the time of truth. And this is where he's led me. Uh, John chapter three, verse number nine. I'm gonna begin in nine and read all the way down through 21. So my reading's a little lengthy this morning, but to get it in the context of the scripture, the the text, this is what we we need to read this. So John three, in verse number nine, and if you found that, shout amen for me. Amen. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Now, I'd like to preach on that this morning, how these things can be, because there's, he's the reason they can be. And there's a lot of reasons, and or, or, a lot of things that he does that is the reason the things are. Uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things. The answer, what well, from Nicodemus would have been, I tried. Right, I don't know. I don't know. And there's probably some here this morning that doesn't know. You don't know. You're not a Bible student. You're not reading the Bible. You might you hear preaching every now and then, but you don't. You don't know what this is talking about. But I'm going to try to help us here today. Verily, verily, truly, truly is what he's saying. I say unto thee we speak that we do know i found it interesting there that he's not sp- sp- speaking singularly but plural father son the holy ghost are you with me and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness if i have told you earthly things and you believe not how shall you believe if i tell you of heavenly things people don't believe heavenly things today They'll believe anything they see on Facebook, but they don't believe anything they read in the Bible. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. That's where Christ was, where He come from, where He went back to, where we're going one day. That's saved. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There's two points to this being lifted here. One speaking to the cross, his crucifixion. The other, his glorification. He's going to be lifted up. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned right here's some strong language Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. When people find out you're a Christian, they don't like you, despises of those that are good. It shouldn't be shocking to us, Brother Chris. Uh, if they do evil, they hate the light. They hate the light. Anything associated with the light. Any part of the light, they hate the light. So they're going to hate you. Don't be surprised. Lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth proof cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest and that they are wrought in God. Father, I love you and I thank you for the morning. And I'm, I'm behind your desk once again, Lord. Do the best you can. God, not much in me, but everything in you. I can't do anything on my own, but I gonna do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You'll fill my mouth and guard my tongue. And you preach. Me, God, to the glory of the King, according to the writ. God, you you search the hearts of the, every person in the pew this morning. Brother Eric testify. God, don't let anybody stand in the way. Lord, I pray the Holy Ghost have His reign and freedom in this service this morning. God, that He would just He would just manifest the very presence of God. And Lord, you give me clear mind and consciousness to preach this. That you put in my heart, and then I'm going to do the best I can. And I'll help me preach like a dying man to dying people, and save lost people here. That's in this room this morning, Lord, and reclaim those that are backslid, that just got cold, indifferent, out of fellowship with God, and they know it. God just, just don't, just God just touch them today. Yes. By the light of the Word, I pray you touch them. Yes. So do your work for your glory. None to no man today, God. No glory to no man today. For no flesh can glory in your presence. But to your glory and to your honor. In the name of the King, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Now, I want to preach this morning on this thought. I believe. I believe. The Philippian jailer asked Paul, he said, he said. What must I do to be saved? And Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I find it interesting that some places it says believe on, other places it refers to believing in. I believe if we go back in Scripture, we have a picture of this in the Exodus, when salvation is in its preliminary stages. Well, actually, they're, they're going to get the law Uh, and and, and, uh, the salvation is coming through the Jews because of the word. But we see first that when we find the Lord, we find him on a rock at Horeb, and then we find him in the rock at the cleft. That's, it begins on and ends up in. I think that's a picture that we have here. If you believe on the Lord or believe in the Lord. Now, that's neither here nor there. You can take that or not, but I found that interesting, it pricked my soul. That, that, that thought came to me in that context. We have Jesus speaking here to a religious ruler of the time, of, of the Pharisees, a man named Nicodemus. He's a, he's a ruler of the Jews, but he doesn't understand. And I think that oftentimes Nicodemus in this particular setting may get a bad rap because he doesn't understand. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've been in church a long time, and there's a lot of things in here I don't understand. Right. Now, he showed me some things. He's still showing me things. I'm learning things. Oh. He would have you learn. And, and, and he would have us be wise in it. We're to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are all true. We know that. <laughs> but there's some things here. First, I want us to consider this the conversation. The conversation is in. He's speaking, all that Nicodemus understood was the former covenant, the law. He knew knew what it was to sacrifice. He knew what it was when the lambs were slain. He knew what it was for the blood to be taken into the holy place one time a year, even though at this time the Ark of the Covenant, it's an empty hole back there. He knew what all these things were. He understood all these things. But God's about to reveal something to him that's brand new. He may be about to reveal something to you today that's brand new. You never thought of it, never heard of it. It's never tripped your heart. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost is going to reveal something to you. Now, he don't quite get it. He said, he said how can I enter it? I'm not going to get back to mama's womb and be born again. Can I be born twice? And Jesus is quick to explain, brother. That that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the natural birth. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's the spiritual birth. Born twice, die once. Listen, you must be born again. He's not getting that. People, People are confused by the born again thing today. Somebody made you in a prayer one time and said, repeat that to me. That does not mean you got born again. Amen. It takes the Holy Ghost of God. It takes the Spirit. We're baptized by one Spirit. In the one body. If the Spirit of God does not put you in the body of God, you ain't in the body. You can't get in there on your own. You can't be good enough, pretty enough, rich enough, smart enough, wise enough. You can't do it to get on your own. If you've never been born again, if the Spirit of God has never come where you were, convicted you of your sin, you got with a broken, contrite spirit, called upon the name of the Lord, my friend, somewhere there's a problem. Nicodemus didn't understand this. He's a brilliant man. Nicodemus, why... Brilliant! Knows what? Six hundred and thirteen laws, and Nicodemus quotes them to you. Mm -hmm. We can't quote the Ten Commandments. We see the conversation, and in this conversation, it's he's speaking to the law, brother Dennis, and and he don't get it. Now, Chris, what's he going to do? Well, he's about to change. Jesus is about to turn his world upside down because he's going to go from law. He's going to go the former, from the former covenant, he's going to start speaking to the future covenant, and that is love. Now, the Jew don't know much about the love of God in the Old Testament. They don't know anything about love. Here's what they know in the Old Testament. You stay with me this morning. Here's what they know. You get because you do. You do this because I say. God said, you do this. You get this because you do this. And you do it because God said it. Is everybody with me? Are you understanding the law? The law said, the law said, here it is. Do this and live. Do this, I'll bless you. Do this, you don't do this, I'll kill you. God said, hey, he must not mean it. I'm going to pick me a few sticks up on the Sabbath day. Went and picked up a few sticks, made that fire you was talking about this morning. God killed him graveyard dead. Now they're thinking, you better do what he says or you're gonna die. Former covenant. Jesus begins to speak of a future covenant. And Jesus says, you get... Because I give. It's not of works of righteousness, Brandon, that you or I do. It's by his mercy and his grace that he saved us. Amen. You can't get what he has without taking the gift, which is him. So now we see the future, the future covenant that Jesus is, made is much better because he's speaking of something here. This law man's never heard of in his life for God so loved the world. You've got to be kidding me. Now I can understand if you loved the Jew. This would be the thinking of Nicodemus in that day. I could understand you loving your people. We're the chosen people of God. They're prejudiced bad. You know that, don't you? You understand that? You need to take your little trip to Israel. See just how much the Jews think of you Christians. Very prejudiced. So, hold on, you're, you're going, he loves the world? Now, you will find some that believe that this is speaking to an elect group and it doesn't include the world. You'll run into that. They believe in limited atonement. There's a number of certain number. They think there's only an elect, but I'm going to tell you, friend, the only standing, thing standing between you and atonement is you. Or we're going to have to tear the rest of that verse out, that whosoever part. You're going to have to do something with that because I, I just read it, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm telling you, that's a good deal right there. All i got to do is take the gift. Now, I'm not preaching that easy, greasy, grace junk that some people's preaching today. Now, my friends that I, I love to preach with and, And we may be in different denominations, but we don't don't preach this stuff, Randy Weaver, where it's a license to sin. If you're preaching that, we're on different teams. We're on different teams. It's not that. Should we continue? Should should we continue and sin that grace may abound? God, that means no. So here we have. Nicodemus, remembering the former covenant, which was law, Jesus revealing to him the future covenant, which is love. And he's telling him, said, all you've got to do is believe. So I want to ask you this morning. Have you come to that place where you say, I believe? Because... Apart from the conversation, apart from the covenant, it comes the condition, and the condition is this. Somebody said, you don't have to do nothing to be saved. Well, that's not true, or everybody would be saved. You must believe. You must believe. There's no, there's no, that is the condition. There is no part-time, almost. It's simply foot. Whosoever believeth. Believeth, believeth, and I like the I like the old King James on the th. That here's what the, my old Bible teachers used to tell me. Uh, uh, Raymond Riggs would say, "Boys, the th on the end of an old English word means it continues. It puts it in fluid drive, and it just keeps on going." Amen. Good on. So now I believe this morning. I believe, number one, I believe, I'll try not to hold you real long today, but I believe, I believe, number one, here's the, the reason I believe. Two things. The reason I believe, if you're here and you're born again, you're going to get with me on this, you're going to understand this. Reason, the, the reason I believe, number one is The scriptures. Yeah. The scriptures. I'm not sure I'll make it home this afternoon. And I plan on it. Plan on being back tonight. Hear the inspiration sing. but I'm not sure. about. It. But I'm sure about this right here. I'm sure about this. I'm sure. How can you be so sure? How can you be so sure about these scriptures? I want you to get a hold of this. You know what? Number one, you know why? Because the scripture at an early age was shared with me. The scripture was shared. Romans 10, 17 said, Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The scriptures were shared with me. That's why my three-year-old grandson, who's about to be four, when he wants a story, he'll say, Tell me a Jesus story, pa." Tell me a Jesus story. Why? Because we've been putting that in his ear. The first words he heard out of my mouth was this. Son, let me tell you what happened on a cross. I want you to know from his first words he heard from Paul was about Jesus. From my earliest recollections. Praise God. I remember hearing the story. About a man in a dead of light. Lord, to God. I remember hearing stories about a man that took his family and put it And God saved them all. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know where it comes from? The scripture. Yes. You won't get that fairy land down at the local library. Amen. That comes from the scripture. Yes. Amen. And you put it in. He said to train them up. The scripture said to train them up. When they're young, when they're old, they're not the part it. Put it in when they're young. Put that scripture in. They don't need no TikTok, Big Bot, Facebook. I'm telling you all this stuff. They want, they need to know. They need to know the word of God. Amen. Well, I. You hear all the time. You all ought to have this verse memorized. The eye hath not seen. What's that speaking to, Junior? That's speaking to the natural man. This is not a heaven verse. This is a now earth verse. They use it in funerals all the time, out of context. The eye hath not seen, the ears not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them to us. By his spirit. That's how we know. That's how we know we're lost. That's how we know we can be born again. It's by the spirit of God. Amen. If the spirit of God had not convicted me of my sin, I'd never knew I was lost. Amen. That's why Jesus said like this, John six forty. He said, no man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. That drawing is by the spirit of God. It lets us know we're wrong. But I've shown that, Brother Branson, not just by the Spirit Himself, but I've shown it, I've shown it in the lives of the saints. I've watched the saints of God, I've watched, I've watched sick people never complain. I watched a Granny Ledbetter and a Grandma McCoy. I called her Grandma Gertie. Granny Ledbetter, Grandma Gertie. Two old saints of God. And to my recollection, I heard, I heard Granny Ledbetter <coughs> criticize the guy that got up to preach one night, and that's the first time I'd ever heard her do it. it. It kind of shocked me, just to be honest. But the guy didn't say nothing but amen. He just said, amen, amen, amen. God, amen, 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 man, man, amen. She said, he needs to do something else. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Grandma Gertie, invalid, never heard a complaint. Never talked about how good, bless her heart, prayed for them all, people. I've seen the spirit of God on them. And that's how I know that book, too. I watched it on them. Now I've experienced it myself. I saw it on others. And now God showed it to me. And I've seen things. And, and, and as you grow, as you grow in the grace of knowledge, Lord, as your ministry, uh, 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 as it, it, it expands. But Duke, since you have went through all these years, you know this, you've seen things when you was young and it was just, God paints you a picture. I remember the first time I saw a man under conviction when I used to lead to singing. I began singing, i just done everything. So I began, I was leading singing one night and it and, and, and come invitations, i rolling and it, it looked like he's the only guy in the building. I thought, I'm losing my mind. I've lost my sight. I'm going blind. The Holy Ghost said, no, that's who you're talking to. It's okay. I said, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> hey, just as I am, you need to come. God began to show you these things. The spirit reveals things to you. You begin to grow in that grace and knowledge. Now you're getting you're getting a little age on you, a little maturity. You know how to. That's a reason I believe, because of the scripture and because of the spirit. You can't talk me out of it. You cannot talk me out of it. My son joined that world religion class down there, going to college. Had to have that elective and said I'm going to take world religion. I said, don't take that. You're going to get a bunch of nut jobs in there trying to talk you out of what you got, son. Don't take that class. He said, I'm going to take it. Here's how it worked at my house. I never knocked on Dusty's door. It was my door. Now he's bought his own door, and I'll knock. It's his door. So he's preparing for class. I just opened the door, walk in there in his bedroom one night. He's up in the middle of the bed. Seth, you'll appreciate this. He's got his books out. He's got his Bible out, and he's making notes. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm getting ready for that class tomorrow." I said, "Praise God! You got the sword of the Spirit. You're ready to go." That is homosexual coming in there and talk to him. Ordained homosexual. Now that's against the book. That's against the Bible. Amen. So you're a homophobe. You hate them. I do not hate them. I want everybody to be saved. Listen. I want the the drunk to be saved, I want the whoremonger, the fornicator, I want the uh, uh, idolater, I want the liar, I want the the homosexual, I want them all to be born again. Listen, I believe, I believe God's, I believe, I believe and know the blood of Christ is sufficient to wash away whatever sin is been down your road. So don't leave here saying that preacher up there hates them all. No, I love them all. I'm the best friend you got, or I'd be telling you what you're doing's okay. Amen. This guy comes in there this morning. He's going to answer all these questions for Dusty. And so he, some of them threw up the, the flag, hit him with Leviticus, about man-line, mankind. That old law, we're not under that anymore. This guy's explaining all this stuff away. He's explaining all this away. He said, as a matter of fact, David and Jonathan was in a. In a homosexual relationship, and he's, a, he's, just, he's just making a mock out of the Word of God. You Christians in here know all this is false. Dusty knew it was false. He's sitting there in a class, he said, and they answered two or three other questions. Romans 1, he said, that's not really what it means in Romans 1. Dusty went. <laughs> yes. He said, how can you be the husband of one wife? Uh Uh-oh, he ain't prepared for this one. Somebody else got a question? I got a question! Couldn't answer the question. You know why? The word of God drove it right in his heart. He had no answer, no alibi, nothing fabricated. How do you know, do that? Spirit of God, that's how. You watch the Spirit of God. He'll lead you. He'll guide you in all truth. The result of believing. The reason I believe is the scripture and the spirit. The result of believing is this in John 3 16, we just read it, it's everlasting life. Now, I want you to get a hold of something right here. Now, now, Christ came, we know this from John 10. And, and by the way, John uses more everlasting than any of the others uh, all put together. And Christ came that we might have life and we might have it more A plus class. So we know that Christ came that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. We've got abundant life here. Even in the abundance of our life that God's blessed us with. Brother Brant, the Lord's blessed you. You've had a good long life. Your family's been blessed. God's blessed you. I watched him when I first got married. Uh, Grover and I put him under a microscope. And, and, and he always come. No, we didn't always agree, but he never, he never quit. He never quit coming. Came, just like the mule to the plow, just back up and hook me up. Over and over on this. I watched it. I watched him. I've watched others. But it's the believing. Look, the result the result of this is this abundant life. He's had an abundant life. We've had abundant lives, but in our abundant life, these hard times. Mandy and Colton's here this morning. And we've been through a hard time. And though our life's still abundant, God's blessed us. He's given us good things. I'm starting to feel a little lighter. Things, uh, just God's helping us. But these things, these things coming, at your way. They're going to come your way, and they're not going to be pleasant. They're going to be hard. Jesus said, said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And Jimmy quoted my verse a minute ago. If in this life only we had hope in Christ, we have, in this world, it's life, we uh, had hope in Christ, we have be of all men most miserable. It's not just here. It's in what's over there. Are you with me? Amen. This life here is temporary. If you're here today and you've got a, you a three month diagnosis, that in three months you're going to be leaving this world. If God was to miraculously heal you today, it would be but temporary. Amen. It'll be temporary. Because then there'll come another day. And it's going to run us down, Brother Clay. It's going to run us down. It's going to come where you are. You're going to have Trump, there's something going to come your way. But the result, I'm about to preach myself happy. But the result of believing in and on the Lord Jesus Christ, believe us, continue to trust him till we leave this world. The result of that is this, praise God everlasting life. And when I speak everlasting, I'm talking about without fault and failure and problems, the perfection such as Christ is in. That just makes him nearly throw in the town and say, let's go. All the young people's going, I don't know about all this stuff. Uh, Keep living. That's the result that's the result. Do you have that today? Can you say, I know that I have everlasting life because I've put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible, Jesus himself said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I know that. Everlasting life. It's not just the life, but it's the light. I, I don't like churches turning lights out. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> if I had family and they went to a church where they turned the lights out, I'd tell them they need to go somewhere where they turn the lights on. Why would you say that? I'd, here, here, and here's why: because God is light, and in Him is. Well, we know that verse. No darkness at all. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. The light, the darkness can't do anything with the light. There is no measurement for darkness, it's just the absence of light. So here we did. When the light comes, the darkness flees. It doesn't matter how dark it is, the smallest light in the darkest room overcomes the darkness. That's a picture of God overcoming the darkness. The dark thing in your life right now. You need it overcome, bring it to the light. They wouldn't come to the light, to the scripture I just read, they wouldn't come to the light because their deeds were evil. They didn't want to be exposed. We don't want to be reproved. You know what I say? And he does this to me. Search me and know me, O Lord. And I'm going to tell you, when he searches me, Jerry finds way too much wrong with Mike McCoy. Search me. And you ask him, he'll do it. I'm not here to preach about all my faults and all yours. I'm just saying, if you're in a dark place, that dark place is there. You bring it to the light, he'll expose it. And you can't do it. Listen, you can't do anything with something that you don't know anything about. It has to be exposed. <clears throat> Lastly, last, last, last. The reason I believe is the scripture and the spirit. The result of believing is everlasting life and everlasting light. I'm going to a city where there's no night. Isn't that good? The lamb is the light of the city. Somebody said, we just got the power on. Did you get your power on? You have been without power for a day or two? Got the power on. You know why you want the power on you? So you wouldn't be in the dark. That's why. It's not too bad in the daytime. But at nighttime, you want to lights on. Let's consider something real quick this morning. What's the risk of unbelief? Now, you've heard me say the reason I believe and the result of believing, what about the risk of unbelief? The Bible said that God had turned them over, and this is speaking to the last times, and I believe we're approaching that very closely. And, 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 and Paul said it like this in Thessalonians, said that, that he'd give them over to strong delusions. They'd believe a lie and damn themselves. They'd believe a lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. they believe a lie. All this stuff you're seeing on the media. I watched this girl on the news the other night, eat our governor alive. I mean, she called Bill Lee everything but a white man in the in the in the capacity of the newsreel there, without using vulgar language, because of our the the transgender bill that's passed in Tennessee. Billy uh, uh, Franklin Graham come on and said two thumbs up to Tennessee for being a leader in these last days. Praise God! We ought to applaud that right there. She would say, how dare you think that you're not harming these children? You know what's wrong? Believe the lie, damned themselves. And not only themselves, they're teaching it to their children. Now, if you disagree with that, then you disagree with the scripture. I'm just trying to tell you what the book says. I'm like the doctor that knows you're gonna die because you are. And trying to give you something that will give you everlasting life. If you just receive it. But he won't make you do it. He won't make you. He'll offer it. He'll present it. He'll woo you. He'll love on you. He died for you. He wants you to know how much he cares. Nobody ever cared for you like Jesus. He does all these things. But he won't make you take it. You remember that year, I wrapped up some Christmas gifts. This has been a long time ago. Laid them out here on the altar just for an experiment and said, who would like to have one of these? Listen, this little girl didn't even raise her hand. She peeled out of the seat, come running up there and grabbed that box and turned around and looked. I said, it's yours. You can have it. Now there's a whole bunch of people sitting there looking at it thinking, Huh? I wonder if, what's in there. Can I really have that? You know why she done it? She believed what I said. She knew that if she come, I said she could have one of them gifts, and she come post haste and got one and ran back to the seat. with it. You know what the risk of unbelief is? Leaving the gift on the table. You won't get to heaven unless you've been born again. You will not. You can't. You'll never do it. You can't fake it and make it. You'll never go unless you've been born again. It's only by and through the blood of Christ and only by and through the spirit that puts you in the body. And faith cometh by hearing. I've tried to share the word of God with you this morning. You know what this word means? That he that believeth not. Uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. You know what that means? Judged. The word right there, condemned, means judged. Okay, hold on. But I thought what I could get out of this. He put the judgment on Jesus. You want to see the judgment of God? You look at Calvary. You look at Calvary and you see the judgment of God you look at a riddled, beaten body, blood flowing, dying, becoming sin for me. And everybody, all forsook him and fled. He's there by himself. Nobody's with him. Even the fathers turned his head. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They're all gone. And that's what Jesus done for you and me. That's the judgment of God. You know what I've done? I've escaped that, praise the Lord. I've escaped the judgment of God. Because I took the prize. You say, well, I'm a pretty good fellow and he'll not put that judgment on me. You're wrong. You're living under condemnation right now. You're already judged. (laughs) I wonder if you need to come some on The risk, the risk, listen. The risk is too great. The risk is far too great. So this, I'll try not to mention it much. When God brings stuff to my mind, I just preach it. it's how I've always done. I'm, not, I'm too old to change now. When, when all this stuff transpired at Christmas for us, that, there were some real bad days at my house by myself. Pat was gone. There was there, but God and me, God and myself. And no one was there. And, and, and uh, somebody said, well, you seem like you're doing real good. No, you've just not been with me. You've not been with me. You've not seen me. You've not seen me. Jude said, Uncle Mike. He said, no, I don't do it in front of people. He said, I do it by myself. I said, son, you're like your uncle. That's what I do. And I break down. And it was, it was times. But in all that, Jerry, Jimmy, Pleasant, in all of that, I do not not worry about where they are. Now I worry about how it happened and I don't understand why, but I don't worry about where they are. I know where they are. And one of these days, bless God, it's gonna be my turn And I'm going where they are. And I'm not afraid that day. And uh, look here. I got plans, plan on doing stuff. Think some things are in the future. I don't know. I don't care. I I mean, I really don't. I'm not begging God to take me away from Pat and my family or or our church. But I'm just going to tell you. I believe the Apostle Paul when he said to live is Christ, but to die is gain but that's only for those that are under the condemnation of God. If you're under the condemnation of God today, there is no gain when you die here. Your worst day on this earth is better than your eternal estate if you die under the condemnation of God. How about that? There's no one. There's no special people in this room today, Brother Randy. We're, we're, we're all made out of the same mud. God's no respecter of persons. He loves the little ones just like the big ones, the young ones just like the old, the big like the small, all in between. Hey, look, he's got, he's got grace that's sufficient for all. But you won't, you won't bluff God, and, and you will not. You won't make a mock out of him. Every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna confess, and you'll do it now or you'll do it later? Let me tell you, it's better to do it now. Is it worth risking leaving here? I, I told this story. I, think, I was in Kentucky in a revival the other night. I think it's where I was and told this story. This preacher had preached his heart out to this young girl that week. She'd come with her mom and dad. It'd come invitation time and she'd mock and kind of puff and laugh and scorn at the old preacher. His heart is broke over it. And he'd come invitation time at night, Chris, and he'd done something that he ne- didn't normally do. And he, he just got down from behind the podium and he walked down to where the little young girl was. She's a t- t- middle teenager. Walked down and took her, put his hand up on her shoulder and said, young lady, wouldn't you like to be saved tonight? And she got, she got all prideful and looked him in the face and said, preacher, I wouldn't be saved tonight if it is my last night on earth. Her mom and dad got in the car. They started down the road. Somebody side swiped them, they hit a pole. She got, she got tied in the car, they couldn't get her out. And she burned to death in that automobile. Mom and daddy stand there on the side the road and couldn't do a thing about it. Now how horrific was that? But you know what's worse than that? Now that was told for a true story. This, this pastor, I've read that story from. You know what's more horrific than that? The death in that car is not as bad as where she's at right now. Say, well, there's no kind of God that ain't no loving God that'd do that to anybody. Didn't do it to her. He died that she wouldn't be under that condemnation. She wouldn't take the gift. Place under him. You know, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. So I've lived too long, preacher. I'm old. I'm old. I'm not. I can't change now. Oh, yeah, you can be saved. If the Spirit of God's dealing with your heart today, if you feel something, you know, listen, if God, if God has showed you guilt today and you know you're guilty, you can be saved. You may be like Christian, just need to pray for something. It don't matter. As we stand to our feet, bow our heads all over the house. People's coming to pray. Maybe you need to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.